Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go. Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us for a Thursday edition on the Super Talk Radio Network online, wherever you may be tuned in. We're glad you're part of the show. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, as it is every day and a great place to enjoy a New Year's Eve weekend meal. They'll be open, we guarantee you, seven days a week. Right next to the mall in Hattiesburg, uh, delicious food every day at Dickie's Barbecue. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio. Happy to tell you that Southern Bank Corps will be sponsoring our studio broadcast throughout 2023. Great bank in Midtown Hattiesburg. Great place for you to do your banking business. Southern Bank Corps studio. Bob Kelly, Luke, all with you today. Barry McKnight, play-by-play voice for Troy University. Going to be talking about basketball a little later. Scott Watkins from the Sun-Herald scheduled on the show today but first guys uh, let's get to basketball lady eagles in troy alabama they get ready to take on uh, the lady trojans tonight at six o'clock lady eagles seven and four returning uh, after enjoying the christmas holidays and a sweep of the long beach classic and uh, they beat uc irvine 50 45 and long beach state 56 to 50 great great wins uh, for lady eagle basketball the men of course 11 and 2 on the season hosting an 8 and 5 Troy team uh, that tip off set for 7 o'clock tonight. Let's take a quick look guys at uh, where things stand in uh, Sunbelt basketball as conference play begins today on the men's side Marshall leading the pack actually tied with Southern Miss for the best record in the league 11 and 2. Louisiana is 10 and 2, James Madison 9 and 4, ODU 8 and 4, Arkansas State 8 and 5. Troy eight and five, Georgia State seven and five, Coastal Carolina six and five, Appalachian State seven and six, Georgia Southern seven and six, Texas State seven and six, South Alabama six and six, ULM four and nine. Only two teams out of the entire league, uh, Luke Johnson, uh, that don't have winning records heading into conference play. Yeah, we talked about how this league this year might be sneaky good, and you know the net rankings reflect that that's the of course what you want to look at louisiana right now 99th james madison 70th marshall at 65 and then uh, the eagles today at 34 so the sunbelt has four top 100 net teams um which is pretty unique uh, old dominion i think is is like 129 so so uh four or, or five in the top 130 so i i think 
this could possibly hurt the conference a, a later on down because it's almost like you have to prove that you're a two bid league. But if you continue to have you know the net rankings as high as they are, and they you know it, it will create in some ways net rankings you won't fall based off a loss or a win in conference play. Here's an interesting uh, fact, uh, Kelly. Uh, two teams from Conference USA that came over are first and second in preseason standings, and three of the top five teams record-wise in the Sun Belt in the preseason former Conference USA team. Marshall, when you look at the, the Massey ratings, there are only two teams in the same ballpark with Southern Miss as far as those ratings go, and that would be Marshall and the Cajuns of Louisiana. I think that was kind of reflected in, in Luke's numbers as well. But, uh, but the Massey ratings has those, those teams as the top three in the Sun Belt right now. And what a difference we've, the proverbial year makes. Last year, you know, the Eagles were injury-ridden, didn't know that it was going to turn out to be wins-wise the disastrous season that it was. And now, just a year later, you're talking about a potentially, according to these independent rating services, anywhere from the best to the third-best team in the Sun Belt and a potential NCAA bid team. You know, Luke, there's a lot of prognosticators, and it's all for entertainment at this point, right? Because the second season... As Coach uh, Zay talked about the other day, the second season starts tonight for Southern Miss. You have the preseason, the regular season, and the postseason. But the regular season is was where you're going to get your seating for the postseason Sunbelt tournament. But what a difference, indeed, you know, a year makes. Now you're talking about a team that, that could potentially contend for the title. It was interesting, some of the early bracketology, and, and we were actually made some of the early bracketology, right. and, and one, uh, I think it was the first since 2011, but uh, there was one actually that had us as a 12 seed paired up against, of all people, Mississippi State <laughs> as a that, 5 yeah. seed. Um, but you, you look at tonight, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, with Scott and Barry later in the show about this, but again, it's kind of... Uh, Point-wise, it's it's kind of the, the same. Southern Miss holding opponents uh, to 60 points a game, whereas uh, Troy holding opponents to 66 points a game, but both teams averaging right at 79 points. And kind of the, the number to look at, Kelly, you you know what, what where I'm going right, with this. What, right. what is the number to look at uh, when it, we deal with the Eagles and who they're playing? The turnovers. And, and I want to see if Troy, when they broke down the film of the UNLV game against the Eagles, if the Trojans will come out tonight trying to do – you would think that they would would right logic would certainly dictate that they would try to to do exactly what UNLV did to create ball pressure and cause turnovers for yeah. Southern Miss because when the Eagles do take care of the ball they have been lethal so far this year right. and that's you know that's where when Troy has won that's the reason for it you look at what they've done turnover wise averaging 12 turnovers a game forcing close to 18 a game uh they're getting 19 points off of turnovers, and opponents are only getting 14. So, again, to your point, uh, you can expect you know Troy to try to do some of the things that UNLV did, but you know they are uh, closer to 20, you know, forcing turnovers than some of the other opponents Eagles have played. All right, we're talking about the Golden Eagles contending for the conference championship. First two games are at home. The next four on the road, you open at home against an eight and five team and a seven and six team. You got to get these wins if you want to get off to a start that uh, legitimately tells you that you can challenge for the league championship. And, and I don't think that they want to just get the wins. I think they want to make statements by at least double-digit point wins. Now that's a perfect world, right? And we know the world isn't perfect. But I think if the Eagles do jump on these two teams and get double-digit wins, and then you know can win at least a couple, maybe three on the road, 
then you're talking. And, and the enthusiasm, the renewed enthusiasm in the Hattiesburg area, I'm hearing that there's even people going to be tailgating tonight before a basketball game. How long has it been? You probably have to go back to the NIT years of the late 1980s before fans were that fired up about basketball that they were actually tailgating out there uh, near the greenhouse before the tip-off. So we'll see. should be fun tonight. How you like it, Luke? How you think it turns out? We, we asked Coach Carson the other day, and, and the biggest thing for me is when you have a team that doesn't lose, so you're 11-2, and two, how do you respond after a loss? That, that's because as a unit, they've only, they've only uh, and the argument could be made, well, you know, they, they know how to respond to wins because they've got 11 of them. At the same time, when you, when you feel something that you hadn't felt but once other time, you know, this season, then you've got to ask yourself, you know, how, how do we respond to that? So you look about what they did. The last time that they lost, they got back-to-back games against Lamar, of course, a, a weaker opponent, you know, but they scored 186 points in those games. So that was following, uh, I, I would guess in some ways, a more frustrating loss in a different sense because you got beat by Northwestern State on the last shot of the game. Uh, this this UNLV game was a game that you could have won, and your best score, you know, got got skunked. So I'm interested to see how Hase responds tonight. Um, completely, you know, having a game that's not like him at all, and then how as as a team they respond, knowing that that in a lot of ways they threw and and uh, you know were stolen uh, by the turnovers. Uh, they mm-hmm. they gave that that game in a lot of ways over to UNLV. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they respond back tonight, mentally and physically. Now, as we said, the ladies are in Troy, taking on obviously Troy there, and uh, coming off two huge wins, Luke. I mean, to go out to California, and you know, when Coach was on the show, she kind of implied that those were games that uh, you know would be big big challenges and they win them both so so they come into conference play with a huge uh, shot of momentum well it helps too and part of the reason they they may have scheduled that long beach classic was to play on the road you know before you start conference play because they're starting conference play on the road they're at troy tonight then they go to mobile saturday and take on uh, the lady jaguars of south alabama so again tonight, it's going to be um, how how can they alleviate the the defensive pressure on Dom Davis um, by somebody else stepping up by Grayson, you know, being able to, to feed here underneath. You look at the Lady Trojans; they're they're five and six overall. Um, they've got a uh, coming off a, a loss against Belmont up in Nashville. Uh, they they lost a close one to uh, to the Lady Green Wave. Actually scored a hundred in that game. They played Arkansas. They beat BYU. And they played UCLA. They lost that one. So this is a Lady Trojan team that's played better teams um, in in the non-conference side, and that's probably why they're five and six and don't have a winning record. All right, we're talking Sun Belt basketball. When we come back, we're going to talk to Scott Watkins from the Sun Herald about Sun Belt bowl games. Didn't really turn out like the conference uh, had hoped that hoped that it would. Scott's also a Troy graduate. So he might have a little insight about the basketball team in town tonight. Stay with us.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment of the radio program, and we're glad they do. Great place for you to always shop for your favorite Southern Miss apparel on Hardy Street. Rick Cleveland, the Dean of Sports Writers Mississippi, on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. And right now, we're glad to have another fine sports writer, Scott Watkins from the uh, Biloxi Sun-Herald, a graduate of Troy University, and the uh, man that covers Southern Miss sports now for the Sun-Herald, which has always done such a good job in covering Southern Miss sports. And all USM fans should be grateful to the uh, effort the Sun-Herald has made in, uh, in recent years to cover USM. Okay, Scott, basketball starts tonight, but we wanted to ask you about football. Kind of a disappointing fizzle there at the end, bowl-wise, for the Sun Belt. And you look at two teams that that I think were so highly touted uh, throughout the year. Coastal Carolina and South Alabama really both lay big eggs in bowl play. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Coastal Carolina loss, I think, from a national perspective, was pretty rough, but wasn't exactly uh, surprising. That was, if I had picked every Sunbelt team to win, that would have been my least confident pick right there. Um, you had, you had Grace McCall, who you knew was going to leave the game as soon as he got hurt. He's, he's in the transfer portal, of course. Uh, and then they lost Jared Brown. Uh, they, they're, they're just, to me, this is just my opinion. I, I never thought they were a very good football team. Uh, it's, I told uh, my friends on a podcast yesterday or the day before that I thought Coastal was one of the worst nine win teams I'd ever seen this year. Uh, Grace McCall kind of carried that team. Uh, so it wasn't too surprising to see them lose to a very stout East Carolina team. But South Alabama got just ran through by an incredible Western Kentucky offense. That was another game I wasn't sure about about winning. Uh, that one, that one was rough. The South Alabama was known, uh, Kane Womack known for its defense, and they just got ran through by Austin Reed and that Hilltopper offense. It was right. it was something to behold. You know, there was a time, Scott, when your leader, the quarterback on your team, man, he'd have fought through injuries. You couldn't have pulled him off the field you know, to, to lead his school to a victory in a bowl game. But, boy, we're in different times, aren't we? And is that not an example of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's all kind of things at play. And, of course, I don't know how serious the injury is, but it's, it's, it's weird. I, I think I watched a second bowl game just yesterday where a transfer – a player in the – it was Ole Miss. Uh, Luke Altmeyer played in the, in their bowl game. He's in the transfer portal right now. So it's just a very weird and unique time in football. No question. Now, Luke, get in here with Scott. Scott, uh, starting really at the top, the team that Southern Miss is playing tonight, the uh, Troy Trojans, the, the, their football team, they were the champion that we sent out. And it was the only, I think, in the bowl season, it was the only champion-on-champion matchup of any bowl game. It's pretty pretty hard to believe that that's the case. But two top-ranked uh, teams and, and a UTSA was – uh, was was really good at at eleven and, and two coming in, but Troy trailed in that one and then then came back and and I guess talk about that, but but talk about how probably next year John Sumrall will be one of the hottest names in in college football. Yeah, well, you know the bowl game. Thanks for jogging my memory. It was a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was I remember it being weird. I remember uh, living up to the hype and just just kind of a weird weird sick way. Uh, it was a defensive slugfest. Uh, Troy kind of woke up in the second half, and that's been their MO for most of the season. Um, but, yeah, John, the, the job that John Sermall did over there was pretty incredible. Uh, before, you know, I go on record and say, you know, this is going to be the hottest coach in, in, in the coaching carousel in a year. I'm curious to see how they reload because they are losing a ton in that front seven, and that front seven is what made Troy click all year long. It kept them in every single game. 
and uh, carried them to 12 wins. They are losing Carlton Marshall. They're losing his sidekick, K.J. Robertson. They're losing the, the defensive tackle, Will Cholo. They're losing a lot of major, major pieces. They've had one or two secondary guys go into the portal. Uh, they're just losing a lot, and they also lost their, losing, their starting uh, leading wide receiver as well. Yeah. So they have quite a bit of reloading to do in the top of the West, I think, pretty wide open right now. That's okay, though. We're, we're totally okay with oh, yeah. that in Hattiesburg about Troy reloading. We were kind of surprised at, at this one um, yesterday. Thought Georgia Southern, we were talking about it yesterday from Tuesday, thought Georgia Southern might be able to you know pull it out. Man, they faded down the stretch. They lost four out of their last five as they lost to Buffalo 23-21. Oh, yeah, they, they sure did. Uh, I still think Clay Hilton did a pretty incredible job. It's, it's tough going from the triple option to being the, the top passing yeah. offense in the country in one offseason. It's that's a remarkable job that they've done over there, but they did kind of they they trailed off a little bit. Um, and in Buffalo, it was it was a weird game because usually uh, when Georgia doesn't struggle this year is because of its defense. Its defense just couldn't hold anything, you know, especially on the run game. It, it, it was the worst run defense in the combo yeah. by by a wide margin. But offensively, they kind of let the team down. Uh, Kyle Van Trees had a great day, but they just couldn't find the end zone. Had over 500 yards of offense and scored 21 points. And that's wow. just not going to work. Yeah, Kelly um, Marshall probably one of the hottest teams, uh, you know, to finish. They they won five in a row. Kelly, yeah, another conference USA, you know, transfer. The question that I've got, Scott, that I want to ask about is, and maybe it's just me as I get older and tend to mellow out some. Uh, I don't tend to get too worked up about anything anymore. Is it just me, or or has the luster of a bowl invitation and a bowl victory? been tarnished by the fact that there are so many bowl games there are so many now in fact that and and, i mean southern miss played a team and obviously we're great glad to get the victory but played a team that that didn't even have six wins during the regular season yeah it it depends on who you are who you cheer for who who you're affiliated with you know i tell you the southern miss football program it, it didn't matter that you know rice was a five and 17 i'll tell you that right now uh that it is a it was a big milestone for them it was an important win for them and a, and a big step in where they want to go. Uh, bowl wins, especially in the Sun Belt, they mean a lot. They still mean a lot. Uh, it, things will change. Uh, you know, up until next year, non-conference games during the regular season, just, they've never mattered in the Sun Belt. They've never mattered in Conference USA. Uh, these bowl games are the only thing that have really ever, ever meant anything for a lot of these D5 teams outside of the conference championship. So, it's still, I think, a big deal for the group of five. I think at the power five level, maybe may dwindling a little bit. Uh, but once the once the new playoff structure arrives, that will kind of change things. I think. I think we have yet to see how bowl season is going to truly evolve over the next three or four years. All right, so let's transition now into basketball. Your alma mater of Troy comes to Hattiesburg tonight at the greenhouse to face the Golden Eagles in the first game of Sun Belt Conference play for this uh, this coming season. Um, who are you cheering for, first of all, Scott, or are you to the point in your career where it doesn't matter? I always cheer for a good story. That is that is my policy. <laughs> Great answer, right Scott. There. Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> but the Troy Athletic Program really has come a long, a long way in the really in the short period of time that it's been in the limelight. Yeah, they they invest a lot in athletics. The Chancellor Jack Hawkins—that's always been his his big thing—and uh, you know, pushing for the 
It's a brand new arena 10 years ago. It's one of the better ones in the Sun Belt, I think, top five at least. Uh, the, the football facility, very aggressive there. And, of course, they're finally almost finished with the baseball stadium they used to play in what – when I went there, it was it was a glorified high school stadium, and now it's finally a little bit better, uh, just in time for this year. But they they invest a lot in the athletics program, which they have to, I think, because of Detroit. It is a tiny little town. Uh, it's not connected to any city whatsoever. You have to go well off the grid to get there. Athletics is very important at Troy as a front porch thing uh, that that they've got to lean on if they want students to come to Troy. So, so, I think you have one more football question. Yeah. We we can come back to it. Go keep going with, with yeah. Well, I was and I was just going to say from a from a writer standpoint, Scott, what do you make of this incredible resurgence of the Southern Miss basketball program? It is uh, it's almost difficult to wrap my mind around because I've never seen a team uh, that I'm looking at the Ken Palm page right now and it, everything's color coded. In the last three years, everything's been red. Red is bad. Red is real, real bad. And everything this year is green. And they they didn't improve in one area. There wasn't one thing where they said where they you know they they recruited a couple guys and they just got better at shooting the three points. No, it's everything, and they they improved at every level. They're defending really well. Uh, they're shooting much better, especially with, within the arc, uh, and they're playing team basketball, which is really really big. And it's something that's impressed me the most is that it's, they're not getting it done offensively with one guy. It's not two guys. It's six different players who have a possession percentage of 20% or higher. That's uh, one out of every five possessions is, is ending in one of these six players' hands. And that's, that's incredible that they're able to move the ball between so many players and still score 102 points per 100 possessions. And that, that's, that means a lot um, when you can get so many guys involved and have that kind of depth and create fresh legs and force the defense to stick to so many different players that are on the floor at the same time. Instead of you know, uh, shade towards the high hand or whatever, that's how they're able to do it. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun to follow, and it's not just been the offense. Of course, the big story I think is the defense. Uh, if I had to pick one area where everything kind of kick started the catalyst, I'd I'd say it was the ability to defend the three point shot, which they were one of the very worst in the country at the last few years, and they're now top one hundred in that regard. All right, and today's, guys, uh, today's uh, era, today's game. The, the man knows his stuff, Bob. No he question. All right, one quick question as we head into the break. Scott Watkins, can Southern Miss win the Sun Belt Conference in basketball? It'll be tough, but absolutely. Absolutely. A few, a few top 100 teams in James Madison and Marshall. Uh, then Troy Solid, but Southern Miss has, has a chance in college basketball. Anybody can win the tournament at the end of the year. Uh, you always bring us good stuff, Scott. We appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. You too. Barry McKnight, play-by-play voice of Troy University's next. Stick around. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, you can be sure the basketball game will be on the TV tonight at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. If you can't make it to the arena, I'll guarantee you they'll be broadcasting the game right there in the shadow of the rock, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Also, I'm sure lots of 
New Year's Eve stuff in store. Uh, go to their website, check them out, and uh, make sure that the weekend uh, you spend at least a, a portion of it for Street Bar and Grill. Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice of Troy. Breaking news, Troy's actually pulling into the hotel as we speak. We're going to push Barry back to the next segment. They're getting ready to unload the bus, but the Trojans are in town and uh, here getting ready for tonight's uh, showdown uh, you, with Southern Miss. Do you think that uh, our tailgaters are actually greeting them, welcoming them, showering them with <laughs> probably certain tomatoes? Probably. And- <laughs> All right, so three bowl games yesterday and two great games, man. I, I caught the last half of the uh, Oregon-North Carolina game. Very, very exciting the way that ended. Of course, the Kansas-Arkansas game goes to triple overtime. The nightcap, uh, Texas Tech handled Ole Miss pretty easily, so that was a bit of a surprise. But uh, overall, big crowds and good football yesterday. You know, the the Ole Miss game, I just want to touch upon that for a minute, and Luke made a good point yesterday. You can – you can pick Ole Miss and not necessarily cheer for them. Um, but look, it's, it's a Mississippi team. But something's wrong, in my opinion. And I'm, this is purely as an outsider looking in. I don't know anything about the Ole Miss football program. But it just seems to me, as an outsider looking in, that something is wrong. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't won a game since about Halloween, have they? I mean, they, they've lost a lot of games in a row, I think Ole Miss has. And they just look out of sorts for some reason. And... You know, the fact that Altmaier is in the, you know, is in the transfer portal and you had this controversy with Lane Kiffin. You know, is he going to Auburn? Is he not going to Auburn? Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, they lost, uh, what, five out of their last six? They they lost to LSU on October the 22nd, 45-20, beat A&M the next week, and then lost Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State. And then last night, the game was a little closer than that, and and – I just like watching close football games. So what I'm about to say is 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 not directed on anything other than just like watching football. Ole Miss got hosed on a two point conversion call. Uh, the Texas Tech defender wrapped his arm, you know, around him. And it, it they, if they would have got that, it would have been a one possession game. They don't have to kick an onside kick. So I, I was I'm always frustrated. It, it could be the Boy Scouts playing the Sharon Tigers here in Jones County. And I, I just want to watch a good game. That, that's all I want to watch. So I was frustrated last night. Um, guys, can we just, and this is the last thing I'll say about officiating, can we just say that, that for the, for the umpteenth time, targeting has to be revisited by, by the, uh, by the, the officiating yeah, committee, no by question, the NCAA? No question. They're, they're, they're taking, they're just taking the nature of football away. You know, you're going to stop a game, you're going to threaten to throw a kid out because, he hit somebody real hard, and we and we see it in the well, NFL too. You touch a quarterback, just touch a quarterback, and, and there's a penalty. So if you I would the, agree. Um, if you look the at Troy, Tom Brady, the Troy Brown kid, did, 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 did y'all watch the uh, the first half Ole Miss last night? Yes. The the Troy Brown kid, he's a senior, right? So the quarterback is running. This is another thing too, and it can be for any team, any place. Because it, with a Will Hall offense, I guarantee you, and with a, an aggressive defense with Austin Armstrong, we're going to face this too. So the Texas Tech. Uh, quarterback is running the Ole Miss defensive guy this is Troy Brown he's a senior he he jumps to make the tackle well at the same time he's jumping the slide starts and so the quarterback basically simultaneously gives himself up at the same moment or after the defender has leapt and so the, the plane is he's going to hit him, you know, in his numbers. He's going to hit him at his waist. And in that, you know, 
five milliseconds, their helmets collide, and right. he gets targeted, and the kid's gone. This is his his career's over. Right, and it's just like uh, it's it, you, you've got to correct the slide a little bit for the simple fact of the defenders are are unable now really to do anything. Can't put hands on on receivers. You know, can't can't tackle people. I just found that frustrating for uh, you know, as a former player to say, "Oh, dude, wow, you know, I did everything I was supposed to, and the slide got me." Your textbook, it's targeting, sure, but when you slow it down, you basically see that the defender what is he supposed to do in that situation. Your point is is certainly well taken, and I think the frustration by by everybody is being felt. But in fairness to the officials, they're just doing what they're told. Right, they're just doing what they're instructed to do, and right. and ninety nine percent of those guys are so well trained, and even in replay, lots of times you find out that it's, they get it right. The same way with it, umpires. It's crazy, yeah. Just it, how fast happened. All right, let's work our way up the ladder. So, a game that we were all excited about uh, off air, guys. How about Arkansas and Kansas? Um, I, I was was it thirty five, thirty eight, twenty three with like three or four minutes to go, and then we look mm-hmm. up and Kansas has tied it. Yeah, great, exciting game. I heard you say off air during one of the breaks that you really like the college overtime rule, and I gotta agree. I think it uh, it brings some pretty quick finality to overtime, and uh, they should adopt something similar in soccer. <laughs> yeah, I never really have understood. By the way, you know, the late breaking news: the great Pele has passed away at age at age eighty two. Uh, you'll probably be hearing more about that, but yeah, in, in soccer. And just real quick point: They play a whole extra period. It doesn't matter how many goals are scored. Two of them, you know. Yeah. So I mean, why not? Why not just have sudden death? I'd like to see the NFL go to the college overtime. I think that'd be pretty good stuff. Well, soccer does have golden gold in in some places, not in the yeah. World Cup, obviously. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, we we saw this in the first game this year. We're basically you know in the starting in the third overtime. It's it's like a sudden death. Re- really enjoyed it. Uh, Kansas, you know, they had opportunity the first winning season since 2007, uh, but Arkansas able to, able to pull it off. And then uh, a game where I think Kelly, you're the only one that that picked a, a Duke. I mean, how about the the Blue Devils being nine and four on the year? They defeat Central Florida in the Military Bowl. Or did Bob? Did you pick? Duke I think that yeah, that was me that picked Duke. It was. Yes. Yeah, Bob. Bob went, was going against the Knights. He he went solo mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, but I, but I think that was an interesting year that Central Florida had too. You know, uh, Malzahn has always been a guy that can put an offense on the field, but till he learns how to put a defense on the field, it, it might just you know yeah. continue to be that. Who, way. Who's up now? Is there a college game tonight? Or is the NFL take? There's, there's three games today. Just real quick, just to, to finish that out. Oregon came from behind, defeated North Correct. Carolina. Good game in uh, the San Diego yeah. County Credit Union Bowl. All right, today here we go, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and pick these. Right now, and I won't tell you the score, and I was going to tell you that I was going to pick the paddle guys anyway, so I'm from Minnesota in this one. In the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl up in New York, <laughs> Syracuse and Minnesota. I like Minnesota. I was, I was a big fan of Minnesota State when that was a TV show. Oh, so yeah. I'm no, I'm, I'm going to take the orange men closer to home. I, I'm, I like PJ Fleck, but anyway, Minnesota's up seven to nothing uh, early second quarter. Uh, Four thirty today, Oklahoma and Florida State in the Cheese It Bowl down in Orlando. Florida State a ten point favorite. I like Florida State. Oklahoma at times was just atrocious, and and they seem to have no defensive team at all again. So I, I kind of like Florida State. Boy, I, that's a tough one. That's yeah, a I'll good have, game. That's a good matchup. I'll have to take Florida State too. Yeah, Brett Venables. I'm not sure has been the answer that they were hoping. The longtime defensive coordinator at uh, at at Clemson 
took the Oklahoma job, and it just hasn't been a real good fit so far. I'll take the Seminoles. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Seminoles. Norville really really turned around, and they've been attacking the transfer portal as, uh, as well. Tonight, 8 o'clock in the Alamo Bowl, Texas and Washington. Before I get you to pick, what do you think the Washington Huskies are ranked right now? A team we really hadn't even heard about this year. Uh, 20th. Oh, oh, you want me to guess too? Uh, 25th. They're 12th. Really? They are 10 and 2. They beat Oregon, finished, uh, kind of lost a couple games in the middle and then won. Anyway, Texas and Washington tonight, number 20 against number 12. Texas still a three point favorite. I got to go with Washington from what you just said. No, I'm taking the horns. The horns? Yeah, in Texas. So one of the reasons you remember Michael Penix Jr. that that Kane Womack's last year at, at Indiana, the left-handed quarterback uh, that that caused them to have that really good year. He's he's actually transferred to Washington, so he's thrown for over four thousand yards. I'm gonna go with Washington. Um, that's uh, all the bowl games uh, for today. But NFL has a game tonight, and um, while that's being pulled up, Kelly, who are you for in this one? Dallas at Tennessee is the game uh, tonight in the NFL. Tennessee is so ravaged by injuries. I think over 80 different guys have been on the injured reserve for Tennessee. There you know Malik Willis is not the quarterback at least not yet. The kid out of uh, out of Liberty and the He's Cow- not starting tonight. Dobbs is actually starting over him. Okay, well there you go. All right, so obviously Dallas has got to be the pick in that Cowboys game. Cowboys are pretty good. They're not bad, but they're not going to hang with uh the Eagles are the – even though they beat the Eagles. They just beat the Eagles. I yeah. mean, they're not the Washington Commanders. No, of course not. But they are not. the Dallas of Cowboys. Of course not. Hey and you. they're so thankful they're not. Hey, you. Say me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the Cowboys. I think they win that The Cowboys, I think, 14-point favorite in this one. But, yeah, yeah. Titans – Titans kind of, we're talking about uh, Ole Miss, you know, losing a lot. The Titans started off really, really good, and they have lost five in a row. Yeah, but you were, Luke, you were talking about the targeting rule in college, and I couldn't agree more. The NFL is going to have to do something. The NFL Players Association agreeing to a 17-game schedule. Nobody can stay healthy that long. All teams are being killed by by you know injuries and it's affecting them coming down the playoff run. All right, Barry McKnight next on the Eagle. How about them Cowboys? Fourteen point favorites tonight. We'll talk a little more Troy Southern Miss basketball to wrap up today's show. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Let's get right to it. Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, as uh, they have just arrived in Hattiesburg, getting ready for tonight's opening Sunbelt contest between both teams. And, Barry, appreciate you coming back on the Eagle Hour. Yeah, I appreciate it as always, anytime I get a chance. Not just the opening, but for 
But for the Eagles, the opening like ever. I know this is a big, this should be a big atmosphere tonight. It's going to be good. We've actually heard there's some people tailgating out there. Do want to say thanks uh, for taking down Conference USA champion UTSA. Appreciate that taking on the Sun Belt. I know you were you were covering that one as well. But let's talk about this uh, Troy team eight and five and and kind of um, Sun Belt four teams right now. Troy I think is around one fifteen than that. But four teams inside the right. top one hundred. This is a really good Sun Belt conference. Tell us about the Trojans. You know, it was kind of funny because, you know, I was just at shoot-around. That's why I was late getting home with you guys because we were running a little bit late and we were leaving the arena and I ran into John Cox, who was just uh, just going in. And we talked a little bit and he said, you know, the league this year um, could be won with 13 wins, 12 wins, something like that. I think it's an even league. And I do think that Troy is right there, right at the top, will be in that mix. Um, you know, but a lot has to uh, be determined by how they start. Didn't do us any favors. You know, Troy opens the Sun Belt against an 11-2 and team at their place where Troy has never won. And uh, then, you know, on Saturday we go to the defending league champion. So no real challenge. <laughs> we'll see how this team uh, really is. You know, 13 games in, you get a sense. But two games in in the Sun Belt Conference, and we'll really know, I promise you. Bob? Well, we're excited about it the uh... Uh, uh, very much, obviously, Barry, for, for a lot of reasons coming into the league. But you've seen the league before. Kind of put in perspective how good from top to bottom will basketball be in the Sun Belt? It'll, it'll be good. And, and I think you brought, they brought the operative phrase from top to bottom. What has happened in this league? And, again, I've been at Troy for 21 years. We've been a member of this league for 18 now. Uh, what has happened in this league to really help make it grow is it's, it's, it's grown – you know, from the top down, there were always really good programs in this league, the Georgia States and the uh, Louisianas and, and South Alabamas and school like, schools like that. But what you'll notice uh, as you go through this league is that anybody can beat anybody. You know, there used to be bottom feeders in this league, and there still are teams that, you know, right now in their uh, – in you know, in their current circumstances, may not challenge for the league title, but everybody can beat everybody, and you didn't always have that. You used to be able to feel like you can go into certain places in this league and didn't have to play your best in order to win. That's not the case anymore. So you know, the Sun Belt has grown in that regard. The top teams are really good. The top teams are always really good in this league, but it has grown in its depth. Um, quite a bit, and I think it'll continue to do so. Troy is still searching for their for their role in it all. You know, last year was the first 20-win um, season Troy has had since 2017 when we went to the NCAA tournament, uh, but we lost a few guys off of that team last year to the transfer portal, and so, you know, there's some new faces in. Some of them have been hurt. Uh, some of them are, are still hurt. Um, so it's still kind of searching for a personality. I think one thing that you'll see in this game from Troy, and I know you'll see it from Southern Miss, is defense. You know, these are two teams that have experience, uh, two teams that play t- that, that accentuate the defensive side. So, you know, whatever else might happen in the game tonight, I certainly think you'll see excellent defense both ways. But Southern Miss, Barry, as, uh, as Scott Watkins talked about earlier on this program, Southern Miss likes to spread the wealth offensively among six different guys. So one of the things that would pose a problem for the Trojans is, you know, pick your poison. Any one of six different Southern Miss guys could, could uh, be a difference maker. Well, Here's my perception on that, because, 
Yeah, I agree with that, and the numbers support that. But if there's one guy who makes the other five guys of those guys better, it's Felipe Hase. He is, I, I promise, I just got back from shoot-around. He is a focal point uh, for Troy to try to defense because, obviously, he's a big. He, you know, he can, he can mix it up down low. He shoots it extraordinarily well from outside, and he's an exceptional passer. He's the one guy out of that six that you allude to that makes everybody else around him better. He's the, he's the one that if you had to focus on stopping somebody, he's the one to try to stop. And he's the reason why several of those other guys get open looks, get open shots uh, in, um, in, in rhythm. So, you know, that's a real big thing as well. For Troy, we've got five guys who are averaging double figures. The problem there is that one of them, Duke Miles, is not on the trip. He's still dealing with, uh, with concussion protocol. Um, and he's a 14-point-a-game scorer, and he's one of those facilitators as well. So, you know, the bad news is is that Duke is not on the trip. The good news is is that Nate Chamonga, the big 6'10 guy from, from Montreal, is back and is finally ready after concussion protocol himself. So, you know, we're still not at full strength, but... Um, but I like the I like the look of this team. I like the way this team plays together. And there are some guys who I still think have some potential to score and haven't really done so, including Darius McNeil, who's a Texas San Antonio transfer, who's been hampered by a foot injury. As he gets better, I think that can only help this Troy team. Certainly somebody to look for tonight. All right, Barry, always a pleasure. We always appreciate your input yeah. and uh, look forward to a great game tonight. Thanks, fellas. Barry McKnight, play-by-play voice, Troy University. Tip-off at 7 o'clock. Hope to see you at Reed Green tonight. Back tomorrow with Rick Cleveland to wrap up 2022. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.